Thank you. <clears throat> Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. The topic of this panel this afternoon is steps four and five. My name is Shannon. I'm a compulsive overeater and moderator for this session. Our speakers today will be Christine and Chelsea. This session is being interpreted simultaneously. If you prefer to listen in French, please click on the interpretation symbol and choose French. Closed captioning is available. Click on live transcript. Let's open with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This session will feature two speakers who have up to 20 minutes each. After that, the attendees will be able to ask questions of the speakers. The audio from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. By speaking at this workshop, you give permission to be recorded. Please note that this session will be available online or as a po podcast feed. Webinar info. As you have noted, a webinar is view only. Only panelists are visible. Attendees are not visible to each other or to the people on the panel. Attendees are automatically muted. Please use the Q&A function to ask the panelists a question and use the chat for supportive comments. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend, including by refraining from screen capturing or audio recording. Two notes for our speakers. The timer will signal when five minutes remain and when time has elapsed. Remember, you are being interpreted, so speak slowly. Our first speaker today, I believe, is Christine. Go ahead, Christine, whenever you're ready. Thank you. I just didn't know if I was going to be able to see the panelists so that I'm not just looking at myself. <laughs> you should be able to see Michael up in the top corner. Michael, wave. Yeah, do you see Michael? There we go. I see him. Okay. Thanks. Good. Good <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm Christina, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. And um, I'd like to start off um, with a step three prayer, which is on page 63. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may be a witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And uh, I know this prayer, but I was a little nervous that I wouldn't remember the words <laughs> while I was um, reading it on my own. Uh, so, um, Christine, I'll just give a little bit of background, is that I've been uh, in program since 1994. I did go to a couple of meetings in 1983, and um, when I went to those meetings, it was a different, uh, the seed was planted is really what happened. The seed was planted back then, and um, I didn't hear what I needed to hear um, 
or I did hear because I came back in 1994 when I was um, needing to um, uh, felt irritable, restless, and discontent. You know, and um, and so my weight, and I'm just going to give a little bit of background, is that when I was in seventh grade to eighth grade, I spent. I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, my relatives are in Quebec, and I spent um, the summer in Quebec helping out my aunt and uncles, and I gained 50 pounds. I went from 125 pounds to 175 pounds, and I came back eighth grade and um, obviously had a huge weight gain, and that's when my dieting began. And so that dieting began that by the time I came in the program, it was really 20, 25 pounds that I had to lose. 500 pounds in my head, but 20, 25 pounds on my body. So I share that so that you know. And we all know those things we did prior to coming in a program in order to lose weight. So again, I qualify to be here, and that's why I share that. I'm one of seven children and um, pretty normal life growing up. And I still don't believe I had a dysfunctional family, but I can laugh at that sometimes when some things happen. But um, So I want to just go over uh, and just bring us to step four. So step four, which is, again, um, I'm going to relate it to the big book because everything that happens in OA really stemmed from the big book to begin with. So the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which talks, again, after step three, that we start on step four. And when we start on step four, it's really that vigorous inventory that it talks about. And that vigorous inventory, which is explained on page 65 in the big book, is about where are my resentments, uh, where are my fears, and where is my, um, we can say the sex inventory, but the personal inventory. So, what I was told when I first went through this process, because it is a process, it's a process of taking away how um, I believe in what I believed ever since I was a child to really what is the truth. So with the resentment piece, the instructions are there, but it's to look at what are those people, places, and things that I resented, principles, institutions, and make a list of all of those um, people, places, and things. Uh, A a list of all the resentments, I'm sorry. And um, then going back to that list of, you know, how did that resentment, what that resentment was, how did that affect my self-esteem, my pride, my personal and sex relations, my ambitions, as well as my fears, my security, my finances, all my fears. And so when looking at those resentments, that self-esteem that I was less than and the pride of the other person, she's better than I am, and the ambition, you know, I want to be the best or number one or I'm not doing what I should be doing. You know, uh, the security is I am a failure 
and the fears, there's just so many fears, the fears of being less than. And a lot of those can, sometimes they can um, overwhelm the other one. Um, and so once I listed these resentments, then the people that I had resentments for or the institutions that I had resentments for and uh, a list of what that looks like. And it might be that people list isn't just people, but it was also maybe individuals, past or present, institutions, political, folks in political or entertainment industry, towns or countries, whatever that might be. What were those? And then, so we list the resentments, and then we list the causes and the effects. And the effects are really the root of all my resentments. What does it affect? And I just kind of backtracked on what I just said. I apologize for that. And uh, so when we look at where am I selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and fearful, that brings me back to looking at myself because it's so easy to look at the other person and they caused me to do this or they caused me to do that. So when I can do that, you know, so that selfish part of what do I do to get what I want? And um, and I had to list those as I wanted this. You know, I wanted uh, my husband to do what I thought he should do and I could instruct him on doing that. I wasn't really allowing him to be him. I was trying to control the situation. And self-seeking, how did I get what I wanted? And so, you know, uh, how do I get people to pay attention to me? How did I, well, I just won't talk to that other person because um, it's not the right thing to do because they're not paying attention to me. I would analyze it. I would go into self-pity, could do all of those things. But again, it's a matter of going through the inventory. And the dishonesty was, where was I dishonest? What were the lies that I believed that, you know, I tell myself that she's better and I'm not, that once my parents died, um, this whole thing would change and I wouldn't have my siblings because they were the root of what kept us together. And again, those fears that what am I afraid of and what is it that I do about that fear? And then at the end of looking at my, after I listed my resentments, the people, the cause and the effect of those resentments and how it affects me, and I look at, I turn it around and I look at where am I selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and fearful? Then the last piece of it is what is it that is the truth? What is the truth? The truth that I've learned over the time is that as long as I do the action, God, my higher power, will take care of the results. But parts of the truth is I can trust and rely on God, and I can can only read my own mind because I don't do a good job at that either. <laughs> and um, 
I can't change anyone else because I don't have control over them. God has control. He does help if I ask. So a lot of this basis, it's my thinking that I have to change. So I told you when I came in a program, 20, 25 pounds of weight, if you want to say. Remember Oprah came on the on the on the stage all those years ago with 50 pounds of fat. So I had 20 or 25 of those, but 500 pounds in my head. That was that thinking that I had believed ever since I was a young child. So I had to change that thinking, and I had to let God be part of that thinking. And uh, you know, again, God has the end of the results. Um, God, I do the actions. God does the results. And um, had to lose that weight, the food part of it, lose that, but then just start working on the head part. Just be able to. And these steps, this inventory, you know, I I always say that um, the twelve steps we say are is a guide to life. And there was that book years ago, um, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. Well, it was a problem because I never went to kindergarten, so I was pretty much screwed that that wasn't going to happen. And so when I came into program, the steps are my guiding force of how to do and what to do what I need to do. So step four, again, is um, the inventory. And the step five part is about sharing that with somebody. So I went through this process with another person, a sponsor, who helped me go through this process. And while we were going through it, as I was doing my writing, we met and we went over. Since that time, because of... um, people not being in the same location, a lot of this can be done over the phone or through Zoom. And um, so what we did was we reviewed what I had written, and then we continued to review that. When I was done going through the steps, going through all my resentments, through my fears, my lies, and I want to add a note that when we go through this, when we write this, Sometimes people will do it every day for half an hour, on the weekend, spend more time. Everybody has a different way of doing it. And uh, for me, it was easier to spend two or three hours on a weekend each day and spend that time of writing. Christine, um, I'm so sorry to intrude. We just need you to go a little slower. I didn't realize. Michael, I can't see your hand when you're going slow. Will you make it higher on your head? Yes. Okay. Very I think good. I was doing that, but am I okay now, Michael? You're doing great. It's just that Michael's okay. name is in front of his face with the little screen. So I think that's okay. where the problem is. Oh, that'll help. Let's try that, Michael. I see him. I Make see that. him. Let's try <laughs> I that. see him telling Thank me you. to slow down. Good job. Um, so on step five, um, again, step five is the piece about, um, you know, sharing that with someone else. And, you know, with another human being, right, so that I'm not the only one that is actually, um, hold on a second, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs is step five. 
so it's easy enough to say, hey, I'm going to just tell God. But the reality is, is that I need to um, I need to share that with somebody else. It wasn't. Um, it really wasn't a big deal for me. And why is that? I I was raised in a in a faith that there was an opportunity to share with another. It called confession. And so, as part of my, um, it was it was easy for me to do. And I want to say easy, but I had done it numerous times before. I had a spiritual director. I've had a spiritual director since um, I was in high school. And um, one time, one of them said, because I'd gone through the steps different ways, you know, in program, and said, how many times are you going to write that inventory? How many times are you going to do it? So this thorough and and, um, fearless inventory needs to be shared with somebody, and that's what Step 5 does. It allowed me to share it with my sponsor, who I felt very comfortable doing that. And that person just listened. Um, As a sponsor, I've been able to listen to others as well. But when I went through this, was to be able to just go through all of those uh, resentments, the causes, the effects, the people, the institutions, just really go through it. And not being judged very kindly, we did a few days of uh, meeting together to go through it. And um, it really was about being in touch with um, another person, of letting that other person hearing it. So that's why step five is really, really important because I found that once I shared it, that's me, which is important. And again, doing four and five doesn't mean that it's one and done. We continue to do it over and over. Or what did I say continue to do it over and over? There's some days that something will come up out of out of the blue that I need to look at it, write the resentment, write the cause and the effect, and then do a turnaround. Might not have come up when I did it ten plus years ago, but when it comes up, that's doing step 10 and looking at what those things are that come up. Because I know I don't want to have to do an amends down the road. I need to look at it right now. So that process really helped me to do the process itself. Um, and when I look at the truth, I can't change anybody else. I don't have control. God has that control. And when I share that with another person with step five, the the reality is it makes it more real. I always still have to change my thinking. Not as bad as it was, but some days that old thinking comes into play. My understanding of God and how God understands me might not be what you understand and how you understand God, but that's okay. Because this program is so um, individualized. It's to what works for each person. And with step four and five, it's a matter of working with another person who's gone through this process to help guide 
and to help make that difference. And again, something I, I was give, trying to think of an example of something that recently happened and, um, you know, what that resentment was. And um, I got a... Um, I got a text from somebody, and I always say to people, I talk better than I text. So my response isn't always necessarily the best. But they asked a question about an event that we're going to. If I was sitting at their table, and the only thing I knew was somebody had asked me if I was going to this event. I said yes. I haven't sent in my payment yet. And that was it. So... When this person said, hey, are you sitting at my table? I had no idea. And, it, you know, I, I could have gone into the old thinking, and I just responded, said, have no idea where I'm sitting. Um, because I don't, uh, I have no idea where I'm sitting. Whatever works, let me know what I need to do. And, um, you know, because it's easy enough to get a resentment about why is this person attempting to control me here? where it was just a simple question. Again, my mind can go into so many other details. Um, and I have to always remember that I have to trust and rely on God because God's in control. One of my mantras is, God, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Because at the end of the day, God's in charge. I am not. And I and I can see that um, so many times with even relationships with my with my siblings, with my husband. Christine, um, you have five minutes left. Okay, thanks. <sighs> um, I'm trying to go slower, Michael. <laughs> and um, I ah, there's there's so many different other parts to this, and and I guess what. I want to talk about is that you know when I when I work this when I work the steps when I work this step four and five my life is better and what I have found that there's so many people who don't have a program who don't do what we do every day um, but there's so many people who do do what I do every day. And they think differently than me. And um, those are the people that I have to reach out to. You know, we've got these tools in OA, and we have um, the steps. So as somebody eloquently said this morning, um, is that when you're looking at a staircase and there's 12 steps, if you go up one step, you don't see a lot. Uh, when you go up two steps or halfway up, those steps, you can see more of like maybe what the cobwebs are or where the dust is. But when you get up to the top of the staircase, you can see everything and it looks a whole lot different because you're looking from a different view. And you know, that's what the steps help me to do. So the fourth step is before the halfway point, huh? Before the sixth step. But it gives me an inventory of what there is and what I have to look at. And, um, you know, the those are the people that I reach out to with the tools of the telephone or even with just writing have all examples to show me 
that other people that are in my life don't know about. They can be normal. <laughs> they can live their life normally. and uh, But they don't know what I know. They don't know, and I know that there's so many times that, you know, God gave me two ears and one mouth to listen twice as much as I speak. And I've learned this through this process. And um, a lot of, many people, when I've heard them share, are scared of this step, are scared of step four because, oh, my gosh, we got to look in. You know, I wasn't, um, and I always, uh, in order to, you know, there's this analogy about a rose. In order to be the rose, you got to go through the dirt in order to look like that rose, in order to be that rose. And some of this dirt is stuff that I didn't want to look at. But I'm grateful today that I have because now I can see from a different perspective and I can see and I can be present. I have a, um, uh, I wasn't blessed as a parent. We were never blessed to be parents. And I can remember the resentment I had when I went through this, like I got cut with a knife how God wouldn't allow that to happen. I probably went through 45 um, IVF procedures. I went through a lot of stuff, and um, and it wasn't going to happen. And um, so as some people said to me, well, you could always adopt. You know what? Um, I didn't want to. It wasn't that I didn't want to, but it just wasn't there for me. And accepting and uh, trusting and relying on God could show me. So when I came in a program in 1994, two months later, somebody shared the acceptance prayer. Acceptance is the key to all my problems today. If I can accept people, places, and things, then I can live a better life. And how grateful I am for that. So that's off a little bit from step four and five, but it's really the crux of why I am here today. Three months after I came in a program, uh, one of my in-laws, um, who'd just been married, got pregnant, and I could cut with the knife the resentment that I had. How could this happen? As a result of going through this, they were blessed with five more children, and um, I'm blessed beyond that I can have these relationships with nieces and nephews who are, I've got like 33, 34 of them all together, from age one years old up to 55 years old, and uh, have relationships and know what I need to do um, at certain times. So step four and step five, you know, it's how it works, and then it's... um, It's time. Thank you. Thanks for letting me share. Um, Christine, recovering compulsive overeater in uh, Massachusetts. Thank you very much for your share, Christine. We will now hear from Chelsea. The floor is yours, Chelsea. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I speak quickly or we'll see. So I'm Chelsea, compulsive overeater and restrictor. Um, very happy to be here. Um, I, I'll say a little bit about me first, um, but I'll just say that I chose to speak on four and five because right now in my program, 
they are my least favorite steps. And I haven't wanted to do another fourth step, even though I know that I need to. Um, and so I figured if I signed up to talk about it, then it would force me to do some work on it and look back at my fourth step, um, which turned out to be true. So my biggest suggestion is anything you are avoiding, sign up to do service around that topic um, and it will help you out. So um, I've been in program about eight. Yeah, I think in September it was eight years. And um, I'm from Westchester. That's where I came into program in New York. Um, and it's taken me such a long time to understand these steps and just get this, this process. Um, and so I've been abstinent about three years now. So the first five years was, you know, I was probably abstinent 95% of the days, but I would have horrible relapses. Um, just back doing the same old thing in a parking lot at midnight, just eating, you know, I don't know if we mentioned specific foods, but just kind of, okay, eating things that set off my obsession, um, set off the craving. And I just, you know, I think those five years really beat me to a point of total surrender and submission. Um, and that doesn't mean that I couldn't pick up right after this meeting, even this morning, you know, I wanted to eat my snack. I was trying to rationalize eating my snack before the meeting. Um, so anyway, you know, when I think about four and five, um, I always go to the principles first to center me in what we're talking about. So step four is the principle is courage. And step five, the principle is integrity. And the funny thing is, I thought I was so brave and courageous when I was, you know, in college and traveling in Central America by myself and going to Argentina and going to, you know, putting myself in dangerous situations, um, you know, walking around late at night. And, and I thought, you know, I have so much courage. I don't even have any fear, but what I really had was recklessness. <laughs> that is what I realized. Um, it was, and it was all driven by the disease. Um, you know, a lot of the, even like walking around late at night was to go get food. Um, or, you know, I don't care what people think of me because I'll eat food off the floor in front of people. <laughs> and that wasn't that I had any sort of courage. It was just that I had an addiction that I was trying to feed. Um, and I didn't understand that. Um, and, you know, oh, I have courage because I lie, you know, and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll get over on people. Um, so I thought, 
that I didn't have fear, but as I said, it was just recklessness. Um, and so when I came into the program and stopped eating, I realized I was an insanely fearful person. Um, everything scared me. I never would have said that I had anxiety because anxiety is for weak people. You know, that's what I thought before. Um, and then all of a sudden I started, I just felt like I was a totally different person. Um, and so, you know, when I think of the first three steps, I think of, you know, step one is just, do I believe that I can't do this on my own? You know, like another diet is not going to do it. Another scheme, another, you know, it's not going to do it. Another exercise program. Um, so I can't do this on my own. Step two, do I believe that something else can help me? Do I have hope that something else can help me? Um, and then step three is, am I willing to rely on that help? And the other way that people have said step three is, are you willing to do step four? <laughs> That's what step three means. If you're willing, if you're ready to do step three, then you're, you're willing to do step four. Um, so the first three steps, I was like, this is great. You know, there wasn't, not that they were easy, but I don't know, they were more fulfilling in some way. Like, oh, I get to rely on other people and this is so great. And I have this home and I identify with others and, oh my gosh, you have this higher power that I never had before. And I think that's, you know, why a lot of times I got stuck and why a lot of people get stuck on just doing one, two, and three all over again, because there's a lot of like, I don't know, spiritual fulfillment in one, two, and three. And there's a lot of feeling a part of finally when I felt so isolated. And then you got to step four. And I feel like the, the real work really starts where I all of a sudden have to look at myself. And I, the, I feel like I relapsed a lot on step four because I just got mired in, I'm a terrible person. I have all these resentments. I'm so selfish. I'm so, you know, I'm so terrible. And, and I felt like that the communal feeling that I got in one, two, and three, I was all of a sudden very isolated. Um, and even with, you know, step five, where I talk to a sponsor and I share this, um, I, I just still felt isolated with all of a sudden, all the ways that I'm selfish and dishonest and self-seeking and frightened. Um, and I really didn't understand six and seven at all. Like I didn't know that there was relief after step four and five, obviously it's right there in the steps, but, but it, it, it didn't, it didn't make sense. And every time that I did step five, I didn't feel relief really. I just felt like, well, now you know what a shitty person, sorry, what a crappy person I am. You know, like it, it just didn't give me that much relief, I have to say. Um, but I think that things really changed when I did step four and five in the step study group. And 
you know, I'm really lucky because in Westchester, we have, you know, it's the green book. We have that step study workshop and I've, I think I've done it once and then I let it once. Um, and it just became a different experience of four and five when we were in a group and I was reading these, you know, a definition of like, what is selfishness and what is self-seeking? And then, you know, talking with other people in the group about it and, you know, hearing that other people have all these resentments and then also that we could laugh about it, you know, like for me, humor and everything is just very important. And like doing step four on my own was just humorless. It, it was, um, and so doing it in the group, it just made me feel like I am a part of this, you know, crazy human family and we all have these things and it's not just me. Um, and so that, that really, that really kind of transformed my program. And I've, I've been abstinent since I did that first step study. Um, and, or about halfway through that step study, um, I might've even relapsed on step four in that step study <laughs> and then got right, you know, got right back in it because I was like, I'm in this group and I want to be part of this group. Um, and so the other way that four and five has also another way to kind of transform four and five for me, not just doing it in a group, um, was doing the charts that are in that step study guide because they really, and they're, they're very similar to the big book way. Um, it just, it just makes it very systematic. Um, and one thing that helped was so you know as as the previous speaker says you know you list the person or the whatever and then the causes what they did to you and you know it says somewhere like setting aside what the other person did now you look at yourself and so my sponsor would have me like literally take the paper and fold it so that i couldn't see the causes anymore and so it was just you know the person's name and then where am I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened, et cetera. Um, and it really shifted it when I could no longer see the causes. And I couldn't just say, oh, well, they did this and just blame and whatever. Because, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example of one that I did this morning. Um, the place that I'm working right now, you know, I list you know, oh, there's no clear, you know, I'll just say I'm a teacher. So there's no clear cell phone policy. They didn't give me a permanent position. They, I made a big mistake yesterday and they, I got embarrassed about it by an assistant principal and blah, blah, blah. You know, those are all, yeah, maybe they're valid, whatever, but it really doesn't matter. Um, then when I, you know, fold over it, and I just see the name, like the school district, and then it's where am I selfish? I'm immediately like, it has absolutely nothing to do with the causes. <laughs> I mean, it, it does, but it's it's really about me. Um, so the selfish, you know, and this isn't like a perfect step four. This is just what come, you know, what came to me. 
Um, why should I work hard for you when you only gave me a temporary position? So, you know, ego, victim, um, victim is the big one. And, and I'll just say, you know, when I'm going through step four, how I, I'm finally understanding it now is that I'm looking for patterns of, you know, character defects or just really patterns that cause me pain and cause others pain, basically. Um, and I think I also just hated step four and five because then it was like, well, here we are with all this crap, what do I do with it? And I, I just, I don't like sitting with that discomfort, you know? And, and then it's like, you go on to six and seven and God removes it. And, but it's taken me, I would say eight years in program to like have enough, I guess, distress tolerance <laughs> to be able to sit with these things. And that's why, you know, after step, well, I'll just finish this. So dishonest, I am getting a high salary and, you know, the dishonesty is that I think I'm special. I believe that I'm smarter than others, that I'm inherently more deserving because of X, because I'm a compulsive overeater, because whatever, again, victim, you know, I'm a victim, so I should be treated better. Um, Self-seeking, I want what I want. <laughs> That's basically it. I want to be praised. I want to be the best. I want to be loved or else I feel insecure, frightened, everybody hates me. I'll never get a permanent position. I'll never be good at this. I'm an outsider. <sighs> and so, you know, once I share this with my sponsor and or now I've shared it with all of you, um, you know, after step five, it says, go sit quietly for an hour, I think. And just like, bask in the presence of your higher power and you know be with be with all this stuff that you've discovered about yourself and you have five minutes great um and just and really like be grateful for this process and this inventory of being able to uncover this stuff and I could never after I did step five it was was like all right bye see you later on to the next thing like I could never sit with this stuff and you know finally I did a step five in this very kind of spiritual place and you know I really I just I I didn't sit but I walked around this place for an hour um just you know being just like being with my humanness you know like I think that is the most painful thing is that I do make mistakes. And, you know, as I said, on Friday, yes, on Friday at work, I made a huge mistake. <sighs> and, you know, I tell my students and I tell sponsees, you know, you, you learn the best when you make mistakes. And, and so I really had to look at myself and say, you know, take my own inventory. Do I believe that I'm too special to make mistakes and I'm not human like everybody else. And well, they make mistakes and they learn from it, but 
you know, I'm like more of a God. And so I don't make mistakes and I don't have to learn from it. And I think one of the biggest things that I got from four and five was just not having that like God complex, essentially, just, just not accepting my own humanness, not wanting to feel that pain, um, not, not feeling part of the human community. And so when I did, as I said, do this in a group, it just made me feel like, yes, I am a part of this and I want to be a part of this human community and this program um, because we can all, you know, share this together. Um, the other thing I just want to talk about is the fear part. Um, you know, the other awesome chart that's in that step study guide is the fear inventory. So you say, what am I fearful of? You know, getting fired. Why do I have this fear? Kids are on their phones. I don't plan enough. I messed up on Friday, certain demographic things in this profession. Um, you know, I'm, I'm too old because, and that is one of my things, like, you know, because I didn't, I'm not 23, like other people just getting out of grad school. Um, so, you know, where is my reliance on my finite self? And then say the fear prayer, God, please remove my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be. And then I list, what would God have me be instead of having this fear? So I would be relaxed, trusting, accepting. I would work hard. I would be proactive. And the real thing that I got is just, I would just, just chill. Like it's all okay. If I get fired, I'll get another job. Like maybe this isn't even the place that I'm supposed to be and you know, whatever, but just God would just have me be trusting and confident and loving of myself. You know, that's, that's what I also realized in four and five that I had no patience for myself or anybody else. Um, and no true like love for myself. Um, you know, and then just the last, the last part is the sex ideal. Um, and so, you know, in the big book, you write, my sponsor had me write the sex ideal and, oh, it's, you know, somebody who's caring and someone who's, you know, handsome and funny and is so loving and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, like it's easy to list what I want in a partner. Um, and then she was like, all right, now you be that. <laughs> this isn't a sex ideal for who you're looking for. This is a sex ideal of who you are going to be in a partner. And that always shifts the focus for me when I wanna, you know, the amazing thing is I did write the sex ideal and the person that I'm dating now pretty much hits every single thing. Um, but whenever I start to complain about him and control him and whatever, it's always like, you know, how am I being as a partner? I want him to write me a love letter. <laughs> Why don't I? thank you. Why don't I write him a love letter? You know, it's always, let's put the focus back on me, invite God in for me, invite some humor in. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thanks.
Chelsea, thank you very much for your beautiful and honest share. So we will now open the floor to questions and answers. Please type your question in the Q&A function, not the chat. I will read the questions to the speakers who will have up to two minutes each to answer. Um, so let's- Yeah, oh, there's Christine. Hang on, let me just spotlight Miss Christine here. Okay. okay, there we go. Oh, Chelsea, were you, can you, are you able to uh, turn the camera? Thank you. Okay, great. All right. Yay. Let me just check in with Michael. Michael, okay? You doing okay, Michael? God bless his heart. Michael's doing okay. Here we go. All right. Okay, we're ready for your question. Uh, there's no question yet, but I, I have a question. I'll start you off. For both of you, have you ever had a situation when writing your fourth step where you have something you weren't willing to put on your on paper and if so what did you do i remember when i first was writing and the situation came up and um one of the big things about doing the fourth step is prayer so I was told to pray about it by my sponsor and um, put it down because it's a thorough inventory of everything that has, that was my experience. Yeah, two things immediately came to mind. One that I was just so embarrassed about um, and the other that I felt like I'm going to be like, go to jail for this. Um, and so also, yeah, like Christine, um, I prayed about it and I think I've, I've done this step many times with many different sponsors. And I think I've only told one sponsor and then I just, it was like ripping off a bandaid and I just kind of said it and there was, um, and I haven't really had to say it to anybody again because that that got rid of it um, once I shared it with that one person. Um, but it one of them especially, I still maybe I should share it with my current sponsor. Um, so that was a good question. But yeah, thanks. Thank you both. While we're waiting for more questions, we're also being asked if you are willing to share your or both our speakers, if you're willing to share your contact info, if you could put it in the chat. Okay, we might be getting some questions here. Okay, here's a good first one. How long do you give to your sponsees to complete their inventory so that it doesn't take months and months? I'll go. Um, I usually say like, three weeks maximum. And sometimes, well, you know, I have a once a week call with sponsees. So sometimes we'll do it in, in pieces, um, like do some over the phone, but then I do like to meet in person to do most of it. But yeah, I, for me, because I spent way too much time on it, <laughs> I like to 
limit it and then say, you know, if anything else comes up, we'll go back, but let's just do a once through and get this process going. Would you like to add anything, Christine? For the length of time. So um, it really depends on the person. I don't have a time limit for an individual to go through because um, not knowing their timing, and I know for me, when I started to do the writing, my dad had gotten very sick, and so I had to put it down. And then I picked it back up after he died. And um, the quicker you do it, the better off is the philosophy <laughs> um, to kind of go through it and just be done, be done with it. But uh, no time restrictions, no. Thank you both. What was the process of choosing a fifth step person? process wasn't too much of a process for me. It was my sponsor at the time when I did. Um, and I've done, before that last thorough one, I had done others, and it was with the sponsor that I had at the time. Yeah, I also um, just did it with my sponsors. But I do think, you know, it, sometimes the person is not right. And I think maybe there were times when I forced it a little bit and I said, oh, well, I have to share this because this person is my sponsor um, when maybe it wasn't as comfortable. Um, I think for me, it's also when I look for a sponsor now, it's like, how do you work this step? Because there are many different ways to do it. So I always ask, before I even start with somebody, like how do you sponsor and what's the fourth step gonna look like? Great, thank you. Next question, I am starting to work step four now and I'm very fearful of painful feelings that could come up. I have a lot of relapse in my life and I'm really scared to start step four. What can I do to get past this fear? Um, I'll just say, you know, it does say in the step book that sometimes we need outside help, especially if we're bringing up traumatic memories. And that was certainly true for me. I've had outside help since before this program. Um, but it's, you know, and that's just me. It's really helpful to have your sponsor, but also have some outside help if you know that stuff is particularly painful. And so yes, feelings come up and my experience, so I had both a food sponsor as well as a step study sponsor. And, um, and I remember writing, and I was writing on step four, it was probably on one of my sisters I have four of them, and um, it was lunchtime, like it was valid lunchtime. I was very emotional as I was writing about this, and um, when I had to stop for lunch, 
like I could, it was the first time I saw that transition so real of having all those feelings and then stopping. So a lot of people talk about, um, you know, we anesthetize ourselves with food, right? That's one of the reasons I was here is I anesthetized myself with food. It didn't feel the feelings. Wow, that day I could see the distinguishing fact of what had happened. That's what I'd been doing all my life. And now with stopping and putting it in its place and, and, you know, eating for nourishment, eating because that was my next meal. Um, So, yeah, they'll come up and what are the suggestions? Prayer, writing about it, going to your higher power. Can I say one other thing on that? Also, as I said, doing it in a group really helped me. If you can't do it in a group, just share about it at meetings too, you know, say I'm working my fourth step and I'm fearful and undoubtedly other people will come up to you. Um, I also always tell my sponsees to call three people to talk about the step that they're working on to get support from others. Great. We have another one here. Have you done a food inventory as part of your steps four and five where the word food is substituted for sex in the sex inventory section of the big book? If yes, what did you learn? No experience with food inventory? Not with step four and five, only with step one. Oh, here. We've got a couple more minutes, people. If you're thinking about it and nervous, somebody else might be thinking about it too. Okay. I'll say one other thing, if you don't have a question, um, is that, you know, we talk about the third part of the inventory of sex, but I really think some things haven't been updated when this book came out it was all mostly men and so I really believe that that part of the step is about relationships any relationship that I'm involved with at all and um, so anyway I just wanted to add that note because I think people get really fearful of that and uh, thanks for sharing Chelsea how you um, you know picked this I went to pick one that I wanted to do, and uh, this was the only one left <laughs> to speak on. So that's why I, that's why I took it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we're 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 pretty much out of time. So thank you both very much for sharing um, your experience, strength, and hope uh, around steps four and five. I'm going to get back to my little script here. So thank you to everyone for attending and making this a great experience for all of us. And how about we close with the serenity prayer? You can can do it with me from the comfort of your home. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Great job, everybody. Great job. Thank you. Move all stop. Sending you energy like we were in the room together. It was good. (laughs) It was great.
That was great. Was I speaking at a normal pace? I really cannot tell. Oh, let me stop interpretation. Hang on, Michael. We can hear from Michael. Michael gives good feedback. 